God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cooked perfectly. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chickens. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's the King Richard Petty's episode, episode 43 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. You're looking live at Dylan Welch's, uh, what is this, his office, and I'm up here in my kitchen. We Living just, room. Dylan, we... we we uh we just fixed our basement. We had holes in our wall, and now we fixed the insulation. But it's a it's a bit of a, a dust dust pattern down there that uh, we're not we're not living down there currently. So that's why I made the move up here to to, to the living room. Thanks for that update. <laughs> Everyone was wondering. <laughs> You're looking live. No, anyways, uh, today on the show, Spencer Basin. We're excited to have him on the show. He just won a Sharon. Speedway, eight grand to win with the Flow Racing All-Stars for the Lou Blaney Memorial. Dave Blaney and Dale Blaney are still doing it. Like, they were both there racing. We, You know, Dave Blaney just won an Outlaws race, what uh, had to have been just recently that he, he won an Outlaws race over Sheldon Hoddenshield. It was his first since a long time, 97 or something, something crazy. Well, he, he was competing again for a win with the All-Stars, but Basin and Courtney went toe-to-toe with some massive bombs DOLs. did you see that race did you watch the highlights of that thing i did see the the highlights at the end there and um yeah it was a another good race you know we, we've talked so much about the all-stars and how they uh they've delivered you know just about every night this year and that was another good one so nice uh nice bit of momentum for him and and you know of course he just took over that ride you know for me and Matson a couple weeks ago so Nice shot in the arm before, uh, you know, before tonight and, and what's a busy week in Ohio for, for all the wing guys. It is. I'm heading down to the Kings Royal. I'm not going to the Doty. So sorry, Brad Doty. I'm not coming to your race at Attica. I've been to Attica twice too many times this year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I love I love Attica <laughs> and I'll definitely be going back to Attica. The All-Stars have a big Attica feature this year. Attica is actually probably one of the best manicured racetracks in Ohio currently, besides Eldora. Um, you know, those two are definitely at the top of the heap uh, of the Ohio racetracks right now. So Brad Doty has his event uh, tonight with the World of Outlaws. Matt Weaver will be there for Flow Racing. And then um, he and I are going to head to the King's Royal and cover all four nights of the King Royal. We're going uh, – and, and just for those of you guys who are listening, we're going to do like a little – like a daily, uh, if you will. We don't know what we're going to call it yet. Um, maybe like Royal Daily or something like that, where um, I'm going to do like a two-minute report, just like what's happening, here's the car, you know, here's some of the cars, here's some of the highlights, whatever. Uh, so check out those uh, throughout the week. Then we'll get the top three and uh, hopefully some sights and sounds. So hopefully enjoy that. Uh, let's get into our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. I know that 
Jason and Kim, they went out to New York and they went to uh, the Lou Blaney Memorial as well. Um, New York is actually Jason's home racetrack, D. Welch. Uh, he is from up there near Buffalo. So state line. Uh, did you watch any of that race? Uh, uh, who, who won the state line race? I'm forgetting already. Oh, uh, was it Hunter? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was in NASCAR. I was in NASCAR mode this weekend, so I honestly didn't. I wasn't even paying hardly any attention to the sprint car stuff this week. But I did see that Hunter won, and which was awesome because he's he's obviously been close, and um, you know he's had some good runs in that 55 car. So it was cool to see him finally break through and get one. Finally, 100% Hunter Schoenberg heads to victory lane at State Line Speedway. And then, of course, the next night, our guest Spencer Baston wins uh, a big one at uh, Sharon. Um, I, to be honest, D. Welch, I was surprised when McGee let um, Madsen go. Um, they were second in points. They had just won Fremont. Um, it, I, don't, I was surprised when we walked into Waynesfield and that Basin was there. But, I mean, Basin's a good shoe. And he seems to hop in and how to rides and, and get some good results, especially with good equipment. Well, yeah, I think I think that's the thing to note with him, you know, is that he he has bounced around, but he's been in really good stuff. You know, every time he's bounced around, he's kind of landed on his feet in another good ride. So I think it speaks to his, you know, his talent, his ability that, you know, people with nice stuff, you know, are willing to to put him in their cars and, you know, for one reason or another you know, he hasn't been able to secure a full-time deal, um, you know, the last few years, but, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, but I think, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that sh is at the top of everybody's list. You know, if, if you need to fill in, I mean, he ran the, you know, he ran the, the book 13 earlier this year, um, you know, as a fill in. And, and so he's, he's a guy that, you know, is on everybody's list of, of, you know, talented racers. So hopefully, you know, he, uh, you know, if everything works out the rest of this year, maybe he can, you know, run a full all-star deal next year with, with McGee's. He's going to finish out the year in that 11 car um, and hopefully try to win them an owner's championship. Uh, the owner's championship means probably just as much, maybe even more uh, in the all-stars. Uh, basically how it works, the all-stars pay out by owner's points. So um, yes, there's like a owner, you know, a, a, a driver's fund, you know, um, but you know, a driver's points paying fund or whatever, but also the owner's points are just as important, just kind of like a NASCAR D. Welch. There's two championships going on at once. <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, you know, that's that's why it's good for Sammy McGee, you know, that he he pivoted from Matson and whatever happened there. You know, he got himself another, another really good driver that, you know, is certainly going to be able to, you know, keep him in that fight. So, um, you know, don't know exactly what happened there with Matson, but, you know, certainly – was a, a lateral move for McGee's, you know, not, not, um, they didn't downgrade by any means when they, when they grabbed Spencer. Nope. Let's continue more on some of the wins. Um, Justin Zimmerman, that's why I'm wearing my shirt today. Uh, Justin Zimmerman got a win. The pit, the old Sammy Swindell pit pass, uh, just a kid with a pit pass shirt, even though he's 50 years old or whatever. Uh, <laughs> just a kid with a pit pass. Uh, Justin Zimmerman victorious with the ASCS elite non-wing sprints. Um, Briggs Danner won again. Uh, looks like Zimmerman won again at Southern Iowa Speedway, so doubled up over the weekend. Um, Matt Foose, DJ Foose, victorious. Blake Hahn again with the ASCS National Tour. That's on flow. Um, Ryan Bernal won with the USAC West Coast Sprint Car Series. Congratulations to uh, Ryan Bernal. Uh, Hunter, Hunter Schoenberg, we already mentioned that. Jonathan Beeson won with the Power Eye West Series. 
Cody Swanson to victory lane at Anderson. That was on Saturday, July 10th. Um, Swanson's still been winning some, D. Welch. I mean, he's still getting some wins. Yeah, and ran, a, ran the Redbud 400 yesterday to, in a late model or super late model at Anderson. Um, you know, I think had a top 10 run there too. So he's uh, he's still, you know, even even in uh, stock cars, you know, he's still still putting together good runs. So been a good, been a good summer for him. Isaac Chapel back to victory lane. Our guests on episode uh, 41. That was good of us to get him on, I guess, because he's going to continue to keep winning. I wonder what the boss win record is. Does anybody know what the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Car Series consecutive win record is? Why'd you make me laugh when I said it? Uh, the boss. I'm just because it's attention, funny. Attention, boss fans. Attention, boss fans. Do you know the record for wins in a row? <laughs> I mean, Isaac's got to be getting close, right? (laughs) Isaac's becoming famous for this whole deal. It's kind of like a Nick Hoffman situation where Nick Hoffman, I think he went like 12 straight nights on the Summer Nationals with UMP Modifieds and didn't lose a lap, Dylan. He led every single effing lap of every race for 12 nights in a row. That's nearly impossible, ain't it? That's like if you you have have a flat tire or you have – you have something go wrong, no? Yeah, I mean it's it's I, it makes it makes it that much more impressive, you know that that everything went right. He didn't, you know, hit a lap car or you know nothing happened that he, you know, that prohibited him, prohibited him from doing that. Steven Sylvester uh, won in Law in. Let's see what else do we got here. Going kind of going down the list. Tim Kading back to Victor Lane in Petaluma. Congratulations to him. Austin Liggett won. Anthony Macri news out this week. He's heading to Eldora Speedwell with uh, Bernie. Bernie still hasn't found the trailer, which I think it was like two a.m. one night. I sent you a deal where this trait this stolen trailer crashed on the highway in Indianapolis, and we're like, I wonder if it's Bernie's, but it didn't turn it out being Bernie's. He's still um, working with Geo Selzy on the case. You know the. The KPC team, KCP, I might have those letters mixed up. Um, but he's t- taking a car for Anthony Macri to Eldora Speedway for the Kings Royal. That should be fun. Anthony Macri's pretty pretty good on these big tracks. Yeah, that'll be a good pairing. I mean, anything Bernie touches goes fast. I mean, he's proven that through the you know through the years that uh, you know he's he's as good as anybody. He's turning the wrenches. So uh, and Matt, you know, Macri certainly is uh, is no slouch either. So that'll be a fun pairing. Macri won at Port Royal Speedway. Um, we're getting ready to talk to Spencer Basin here. He just won at Sharon. We mentioned that already. Um, Brock Martin won at Wayne County. Brad Sweet finally winning again. We got an article out now from Matt Weaver on flowracing.com uh, talking about Sweet kind of taking back control of the outlaw point standings as we head into a non-points venture uh, with the sprint cars. A lot of the all-stars, a lot of the outlaws are getting ready to head to the month of money, D. Welch. Everyone knows this is the time where you – can literally rack up Christmas funds for your kids uh, just through this month uh, with with the money you can win at the Kings Royal and the Knoxville Nationals. Two huge races. That kind of brings us up. And before we get to Spencer, um, Knoxville was I mean was that as a, a disaster as it looked? Um, I mean it it looked it looked like a mess over there. Well, I mean the last like ten laps, you know, or fifteen laps were an absolute disaster. Yeah, but. Um, the first, I mean, I thought the heat races were awesome. The track was badass, and the heat races, um, and and really, you know, the first two thirds of the feature 
it was it was really good. I thought, you know, it was inevitable it was going to take rubber and, and go to the bottom. Um, you know, we we knew that from watching practice the night before, but uh, it wasn't. You know, the deal at the end wasn't the track's fault. It was these dumb kids, you know, in the back of the field that didn't care and just drove right over the top of guys. Like, you know, the first four or five guys got through the first two corners, every single one of those restarts perfectly fine. Um, you know, and then there was certain guys back there from like 10th on back that just drove right over the top of guys, every single restart. Um, so that was the problem, you know, and it sucks because it's gonna, you know, everybody's gonna, you know, all the Twitter geniuses out there, you know, NASCAR fans that are going to get on there and say, oh, you know, that's why trucks should never, you know, go back to Knoxville or never be on dirt or whatever. And it wasn't the track's fault. It wasn't, I mean, you know, NASCAR had their own issues in that race, but it was, it was more on the drivers than it was anything else. So, um, bummed that that's going to be the, you know, that's going to be the takeaway from that first race, but had a blast out there. You know, it's a great place to have a big event like that. Obviously, you know, Knoxville does a great job of, of uh you know catering to events like that and obviously you know you got dingus and stuff across the street so it was a fun week i had i enjoyed it yeah kendra jacobs and those guys did a good job in knoxville um it's just i mean at some point do they just take off the windshields and pull some tear-offs like i mean can we get some moisture like for the end of these races yeah i mean i think that i think it starts with the races are too long you know, so you got to make the races shorter because then you can, you can prep the track differently because the race is going to be shorter. So you're not worried about making it last for 150 laps. You're, you're worried about making it lap for a hundred laps. So I think that's the problem. Um, first of all, I think that that solved a lot of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've long been a, a proponent of the fact that you know, it doesn't need to be like a Bristol dirt race, you know, where the track was a sloppy mess. But if you take the windshields out of those things and figure out a way, you know, to make the track to where it's heavy, it's heavy at the start, but it's not too heavy, you know, to where it clogs the grills and radiators, then you do it. You know, these guys run these street stocks at their local dirt races all the time and have, you know, late models and have electronics and everything else in there in those cars. And it's not an issue. So surely we can figure it out in NASCAR. Um, but I think, I think the races are too long. It's impossible to, to prep a racetrack, uh, for 150 laps, the way you have to prep it, given this, this current layout of these stock cars, you know, with the windshield still in them, um, and all that. So I think, I think that's, that's step one, in my opinion, is make the races hundred laps max. And then you see where that goes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think Knoxville has enough banking to kind of like get these cars to run around the outside of the racetrack unless that groove is. But they were. They they were in the heat races. In in the heat races, it was two lanes. I mean, they're not going to run all the way up, all the way up on the fence. But it was two lanes. I mean, and it was a legit dirt track. I mean, it had it had a cushion and a bottom, and it was slick through the middle. I mean, they prepped it. They prepped it great. But like I said, it's it's impossible to make a racetrack last 150 laps with those big, heavy stock cars running around it. I mean, you just, Eldora couldn't do it. Bristol, you know, is an, is an anomaly because it's, you know, not really a real dirt track, so it's different anyways. But you can't, you can't keep moisture in it for 150 laps. I mean, you probably can't keep it in there for 100 laps. But, um, you know, maybe if it's a hundred laps, you know, not to say that they wouldn't still crash each other from lap 90 to a hundred, but 
it doesn't lay rubber, you know, for so long. You know, you don't have 50 laps of rubber at the end like we did on Thursday. You've got, I don't know, you know, 20 or something. So, I don't know. I mean, I think NASCAR is, is has shown the last couple of years that they are not afraid to try new things. And, you know, this, to me, is the next logical step. You know, we it can't get much worse than it got on Thursday night at the end of that race. So, you may as well try something different. Tell Doris credit though; they had some pretty good racetracks there. Uh, even when no, and, and yeah, and that's that's not a slighted that's not a slighted Eldora, um, but that's what I mean. It, that's they had to prep the track that way because they had to cater to the stock cars. You know, they they can't prep it like they would normally prep prep it for a sprint car race. And Knoxville was the same way. Knoxville Knoxville was good because I think a lot of people expected it to be one lane even in the heat races and stuff. And it wasn't, it was, it was, the track was in really good shape and it was in good shape throughout the majority of the feature. And again, at the end of the race, it was still exciting and good racing, but you had these guys in the back that just did not care what kind of equipment and how much equipment they tore up. They just drove right through the, you know, the guys in front of them because they were under the impression, oh, it's one lane. You're going to have to just knock somebody out of the way. So that was the problem, you know, it's gonna lay rubber it's a 150 lap dirt race you know it's gonna lay rubber it's like a it's like a late model race you know but the track was not the issue on thursday nope and it's never it's never really been the issue it was it was fine it was fine at eldora even when it was slick all the way across you know all the way from the inside wall to the outside wall the guys raced on it you know and raced on it accordingly because that's just how it was prepped um, and if, if these guys, you know, some of these guys had pulled their heads out of their rear ends, you know, on Thursday, it would have been fine. Who was your Sutton Dollar Restoration hat shake of the week? Uh, while I'm up on my soapbox about Knoxville, I'll give it to Brian Brown, um, because he was not a problem on Thursday. He did very well. Um, and, um, he did exactly what he needed to do. He kept his nose clean and spun out at one point and came back and had a top 10 finish out of it. Missed all the chaos and all the carnage um, that one of his other fellow dirt races may or may not have caused. And he snuck through all of it and finished eighth. So um, I think that was a a pretty strong debut for him uh, in the truck series. And um, he carried the torch well for the dirt racers. Congratulations to Brian Brown on winning Sun Dollar Restoration Hashtag of the Week uh, from Dylan Welch. Mine is going to Daniel Robinson. Um, is that is that the right uh, name? Yes, yeah, Daniel Robinson. Um, you know, you remember Daniel Robinson D. Welch. He flipped off Sammy Swindell in the qualifier at the Chili Bowl. Blah blah blah. You know, he he became legendary status. Well, he sold T-shirts. When he sold the T-shirts, he told me in Florida he was going to buy a Junior Sprit for his son, and I told him that he should possibly paint it Sammy Swindell colors. Well, he did just that over the weekend. Um, in honor of Sammy Swindell, his son's junior sprint is painted in the colors of the Channel Lock car uh, with money that he got from t-shirts after flipping Sammy Swindell off at the Chili Bowl. Do you like that? That is cool. <laughs> Spencer Basin's next. This is episode 43 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing.
Welcome back to episode 43 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. We're joined by Spencer Baston, uh, who was the winner at Sharon Speedway for Sam McGee Motorsports uh, in the 11. Uh, that was a wild race over the weekend. You and Sunshine throwing sliders back and forth. Um, how did it go from the cockpit? Uh, really well. It was kind of one of those nights where everything seemingly just kind of fell into place. Um, straight off the trailer, I felt like we were pretty fast. They, they've they always had a pretty good package at Sharon. It, um, you know, they've had some some success there in the past with that race specifically uh, with Dale winning a couple years ago. So I was pretty confident going in that the car was going to be good. I just kind of had to do my part and, and keep the quarters clean and, and keep chugging on. So made some good progress throughout the night. Uh, made a couple passes in the dash that got us, you know, starting the front two rows. And I think uh, we just kind of had us. Um, and, you know, car was really, really good. Sam did a really good job with the motor and the detuned. It made my life a whole lot easier. And, uh, and Kevin did his part. And it all just fell together. We were talking before you came on about just how the last couple of years you kind of bounced around and not really had a full-time deal. Um, so when you get the call you know, last minute to jump in a car. Do you have like a, I mean, is, and I don't even think routine is the right word for it, but just kind of like a system that you go through just to get yourself acclimated in each new car that you've been in? Um, you probably know just as good as I do. It's just, it's kind of a deal where you kind of have to go in with an open mindset because every car you get in uh, seemingly is different, even if it's the same motors and same car, same frames as you've ran in the past. Um, there's just always a different feel. You, you never really have that same sensation uh, from one car to another. So I just try to go in with kind of an upset. I usually spend the first night or two just trying to let the team do uh, things to the car that they would normally do and see how I adjust. Uh, we did that uh, this week, and it seemingly worked as we almost won our second night out. Um, and then kind of went through a little patch there where we struggled with the balance. And uh, and then here recently, I think through those struggles, we've been able to build somewhat of a notebook to then you know transpire into a solid night uh, just a couple couple nights ago at Sheridan. So it's, um, I think it just takes time. You just you can't ever go in thinking it's going to be this or that. It's just like I said, you got to go in with an open mindset and just whatever happens happens and make the most of it. Have you been? any more excited heading into some outlaw races and some huge outlaw races than you are right now with the car you guys have, uh, the speed you have. I mean, you told me at Waynesfield when you were invited to get into that car, this is one of the best in the pit area and you weren't wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exactly, it's exactly what you need to week like this. Uh, you know, big confidence booster felt, uh, for Kevin and Sammy. Uh, um, you know, to be able to confidence in the race car is a tremendous help just because when you come race with the outlaws, uh, you got to be on your game from the drop of the green. So, um, you know, I, I like to think that we're kind of headed in the right direction. Uh, tonight is a place that they're familiar with and I'm very familiar with. Um, so putting together another solid night tonight would be huge right before we head over to Eldora. You're like me, and, and you've been around a while, and you probably remember Sammy uh, when he was just a little kid that was just running around the pits and raising hell and everything. 
Um, but now he's, you know, he's turned into this, not, you know, car owner, but, you know, an awesome crew chief and mechanic too. Um, what's it like working with somebody who's calling the shots that's, that's younger than you? Yeah, it's, um, it's a little different. It's, uh, you know, for someone like him, um, you know, at his age and the responsibility that he had had. Uh, from an even younger age, you know, he's he's been rinsing on a car for the last few years, and I think he's just old enough to drink this year. So, um, you know, but to put that in perspective, you know, you got to be a grown up before you ever really graduate high school because you have so much responsibility. Um, you have a lot of a lot of things riding on your shoulders, and I think he's done a good job with that. I think he's worked with some really good drivers. I think he's he's put together a pretty good program. Um, you know, Kevin. Paul Smolski, he's done a phenomenal job in getting me comfortable. I think all of us being closer in age probably has its its benefits, but um, there's pros and cons to it. Obviously, you know, me as a driver, I don't have, I'm one of the drivers that doesn't have the ability to come in with my own package and own setup. Um, so that sometimes will make it tough on maybe a little bit greener uh, crew uh, like ourselves and you know being able to put together solid nights night after night but uh, kevin's shown that he's fully capable of, of doing what he needs to do with the race car and and sam he's done a great job with the engines and keeping all of us uh you know on the road and, and making sure everything's going well and then of course mike and kathy mcgee providing us with the resources that it takes to do so so it's a it's a big team effort um but we've all seemingly started clicking off some good nights here so hopefully we're able to keep it rolling and to finish this year strong. We have a lot of races to go. Was it pretty quick? I mean, did you feel comfortable the first night out in that thing? Uh, it seemed like you guys had a lot of speed. I mean, you uh, you nearly won. Uh, what was what was the track that was so dusty? Muskegon County. Um, you know, you and Peck were throwing sliders. Um, I think you said I just didn't want to wreck the race car because uh, I couldn't see anything. But you guys seemed to be pretty fast. Yeah, that was that was yeah our second night out. First night was kind of knocking the rust off a little bit. Like I just said, first night trying to get acquainted, um, and then we just hit it hard the the night after that at Muskegon, and it had just simply came down to I wasn't ready to be pushing it to that level because I don't think I quite had the trust in you know the the car itself, and that's nothing against the crew or anything. That's just something. It's just a different sensation every time you get in one. So. Um, that whole night was was really cool to see that we had the speed and had what it take to win, uh, but kind of made us a little more hungry for the next one. And uh, it took a few more nights than I'd like to have uh, had to get that win out of the way, but it's done now, and we get to kind of build on that and, and take that and carry it into the month of money. So I don't want to get too far ahead since you got a race tonight when we're recording this, but looking ahead to Eldora, you've got four nights in a row at Eldora. Um, we've had multi-day shows there before, but what's the what's the challenge or even maybe like a, a positive of being at the same racetrack that many nights back to back to back to back? I think it's I think it's really beneficial. Um, you know, unfortunately, with the way they kind of have a structure now, you don't have that extra night, uh, whatever they call it, the night before the King's Royal or the Crown, whatever it is. Um, to kind of get that extra lapse, you know, we kind of have to come out strong right away just because of the, how the format all works. But um, 
it is, it's a huge benefit because this is a place that I probably haven't had the best success at. Um, it's a track they've had good success at. So having those extra nights to uh, build our notebook and get me a little more comfortable will be beneficial for sure. And it's a deal where, you know, if you're at a racetrack knowing you got multiple nights, if you do have, you know, something happen, you don't have to wait long to get back out there and try again. So uh, hopefully we don't have anything like that. Hopefully we're just able to build and, and click off four really good nights. But, you know, worst case scenario, it's uh, it's always nice to have uh, to be, have the ability to just roll it out at the, at the same track and try again. What are the tracks that are just like the ones that are, I don't know about this place. Like, I don't want to hammer into one. I don't want to hammer into three max. Like, I mean, you always hear like the Port Royals, you know, there's only like a couple guys that can do it. Um, there, you know, Eldora, you know, obviously the Hodden Shields and the Hewitts and those guys just um, do it differently. What are the tracks? What are the ones that make you feel weird? Um, I don't have a lot that I don't think I – for whatever reason, I've never really had the, the thing that tells me that this is risky and to check up kind of thing. Um, Eldora is probably one of those because for whatever reason, I've always had just issues with committing to corners there, especially when it gets right on the fence. And like you watch, like Sheldon gets around really well there. Uh, David has gotten around there well in the past. Brad, obviously, uh, but mainly Sheldon. Watching Sheldon run the top at Eldora and how he's able to drive it in so straight and, you know, right up against the fence, that's the fastest way to get around. But to be able to do that consecutive laps back to back to back is not easy to do. And it takes a lot of uh, a lot of guts to do it, but a lot of skill. I think this is a place that I probably don't have that ability yet. I'm hoping I can this week. I talk to you next. I'll have a different outlook. But um, I'd say Eldora is one of those places – Another one I would say is Williams Grove. The Grove, mainly because nothing, it's not really the speed that is startling. And, you know, the lighting there isn't really that bad either. It's just the sensations you get from the Grove are really weird just because your car is different than it is at any other facility. Uh, based on conditions and how it's shaped, you got to do a lot of weird things in your car. It's just, it always seems like it's kind of out of control feeling obviously not the best feeling to have in a car but other than that it's uh bristol i guess bristol was one for sure that was wild all right so your comments about eldora are interesting to me because you won at belleville in the midget nationals which is a high commitment place right on the fence so what's the difference in doing that compared to running a wing car on the fence at eldora I, that's a good question. I would say because a wing car, a wing car at a place like that, when it gets slick, it's just, it feels so fast and you just, you feel like your, your, um, you know, your margin for error is, is a lot more just, it feels like you're a split second away from making a big mistake. You know, one at Belleville and Eldora, um, I had been running some wing cars, and those wing cars made me feel so much more comfortable at those big places, and I honestly think that's a lot of the reason I had success there, uh, because I was running around, you know, Belleville and Eldora right on the fence and feeling 
no threat, completely comfortable, confident, like I could do whatever I needed to do. Where years before that, uh, going to those facilities, I was feeling like I did in a wing car when I go to those tracks like Eldora, um, if that makes sense. So probably just this you know, sheer fact of speed and air at Eldora, dirty air at Eldora when it's slick uh, is probably the worst feeling ever just because you just, you, you kind of lose all control where the midget stuff, you don't really have that sensation. You're always kind of doing your own thing where in a waiting car you're relying on the guys around you and, and where they are on the racetrack. Has it been, um, is it nice to kind of get like the points feel back? I mean, I always thought that you were a really good points racer with USAC. You were just really consistent. Um, like, you know, you guys are chasing an owner's championship in the All-Stars. And then hopefully if you guys continue, you can kind of go out for an All-Star championship next year. Um, are you excited to maybe finally get back to points racing? Because you are very good at it. Yeah, I, uh, I think so. I think it's a deal where kind of when I first came in of course I wasn't thinking about it because you know I wasn't part of the first half of the season with the 11 team uh, but now looking at it you know we I fell back a little bit there for a few for a few races uh, we fell back in the third and now we're right back in it tied for second Sunshine's got a pretty pretty fat lead but um, you know our main my my main priority is to come in and, and run well and win races and it all works itself out um, but it is kind of cool to feel like you're part of a series again. Um, you know, we're, we're attending all these events with the same group of guys, guys I've raced with a lot in the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty cool to feel like you kind of belong. You're not an outsider just kind of hopping around back and forth. So it's, uh, I feel like I've got a really good group of guys and I feel like this is a team where obviously they had a pretty good start to the season. And, and I feel like we have the ability to finish strong and, kind of see where it goes do you consciously like race differently when you have theoretically a full-time ride like you do now as opposed to when you're you're kind of being the super sub like you've been this summer um yes and no uh probably so i guess i guess i would say when i was subbing in for like the 13 car for example um, where they were truly in, you know, the position of having one full-time guy um, in points and things like that before the 11 came about. I was probably trying to be somewhat more selective and just running good laps rather than selfishly trying to, you know, overdo it and put ourselves in a bad position. Um, but now that I'm in the 11, I think it's a deal where I, I, I'm racing the same as I've always raced. I race hard, um, you know, you're competitive and, and trying to do the most you can. But the other thing that I guess I'm looking at now is longevity wise, you know, McGee's have a lot of equipment, they have what it takes, uh, but you can easily get yourself in a bad position with a, with a couple nights, uh, you know, upside down or torn up race cars. Um, so I think the stress level's off. I think, you know, through hanging out with the guys and talking a lot with Mike on the phone, uh, the weight's kind of off my shoulders to perform in order to get myself into a full-time ride. So now I'm able to just go out and do what I love and, and race and compete. So um, I think we're all on the same page now and that feels really good. In these last couple of years, I've been kind of hopping around quite a bit, uh, just trying to get in whatever I can to get as many laps as possible. And you know, now with the schedule we have to finish this year, 
um, just in the last half of the year is the most races I'll ever have ran in a consecutive season uh, in a wing sprint car. So I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to catch up with everyone else, I feel like, in terms of laps and experience, but I think we're in the right position to do so now. Cool. Well, good luck in Ohio. It was fun to talk to you. Um, I didn't know Sammy just turned 21, so I'm definitely going to have to bring a beer down there or something. Uh, that's 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 big. I got to go tell uh, my boy down there. Congratulations on that. That's. I felt like he was trying to turn 21 for seven years now. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah, yeah. He's been around for so long. You wouldn't realize that you know his starting point, how young he actually was, and um, you know. He's been established for a while, it seems like, and to think he's only 21 now is kind of crazy. Because you kind of see drivers do that, you know, like Gio Selzy. I feel like he was pretty established and on the scene at an early age. Parker was, um, you know, myself, I was a little bit different. I was in more of the midget stuff, I guess. But you don't really ever see a crew chief kind of get a start or a crew guy get a start at, at, you know, 14 or 15 or whatever he was. So. Um, yeah, it's a little bit different. Nice win. We'll talk to you uh, after the week, hopefully, uh, some big money. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Spencer. You, bud. Spencer Basin, everyone, looking to uh, win the Brad Doty Classic. He was on the way to Attica currently um, as we were talking to him. He's going to race tonight. Then he's going to race Wednesday. It's the Joker's Wild Wednesday at Eldora, so um, – Go out and support our friends at Eldora Speedway, of course, a big uh, partner of ours here at Flow. Um, the races are not going to be on Flow, of course, for the Kings Royal. They're on Dirt Vision uh, with the World of Outlaws. But you can still uh, support them by going out to the racetrack at Eldora Speedway and uh, watching some phenomenal races. D. Walsh, this is going to actually be my uh, first Kings Royal back in about eight years. Um, I'm pretty excited about this. I, Of course, it's, I'm saying eight because it was like seven with NASCAR. And then a year before that, uh, Sprint Week was right in the middle of Kings Royal, um, you know, for Indiana Sprint Week, so, which is coming up shortly. And I'm very excited about that because I got some news on that, too. Um, but the Kings Royal, I went to nearly almost every one I could think of uh, when I was younger because, you know, just living north of the racetrack. And and that is a huge, huge party. And, and I know a lot of people have been pent up in their houses and not been able to do anything for the past couple of years, you know. I guess it's almost been two years now. Um, it's been two years already. I feel like the pandemic just started. Um, it started a year ago, like a year and two months ago. Year and two months. I guess it's almost a year and a half, four months away from that. But it doesn't feel like it's been a year. I don't know why it flew by so fast. But um, but anyways, a lot of people want to go to the races. I mean, we saw less race two. There was a huge crowd there. The Dream had one of the biggest crowds ever in Eldora Speedway history. Um, it's, it's going to be a big crowd of the Kings Royal this week and hopefully everybody uh, enjoys it and the rain stays away and uh, look for our coverage uh, this week. Let's see what Basin and these boys can do. Let's see what the All-Stars can do. Let's see what Courtney and, uh, you know, these, these guys who are really fast right now, Zeb Wise, uh, go in there and Hunter Scherenberg, who just won his first All-Star win, see if they can beat the Outlaws, D. Welch. I mean, I think this is the best shot the All-Stars have ever had. Yeah, I mean, they're they're certainly going to be be threats, you know. I mean, we know how good Tyler is at, at Eldora, and um, you know, I mean, like you said, those guys you just listed off, you know. I mean, I think it's um, it's a super deep field as we've always talked about, and um, 
and uh, I'm excited to watch. It's a great week of racing. You know, you got you got USAC, um, Mid America Midget Week. You know, this this week as well. You know, they race tonight uh, and at Meeker. Um, you know, Tuesday night, and then uh, throughout the rest of this week, and then you know, you've got Eldora Wednesday through Saturday. So um, it's uh, like we have said many times, it's a good time to be a dirt racing fan right now. You can uh, plant your ass on the couch for the next five nights and uh and just watch some great racing so that's my plan and um looking forward to I'm jealous you get to go out there i've never been to the king's royal so i'm uh i'm jealous you're getting to go to that one get to all four but um be fun to watch tonight chase elliott is racing a usac national midget car on flow racing right. um he's also racing on my birthday tomorrow july 14th uh i guess oh, I tomorrow's your birthday my- yeah, I guess I didn't have to say that. It's a good <laughs> reminder because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have wished you happy birthday. So it's a good reminder. How how conceited is that that I just mentioned my own birthday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> my brother shares a birthday with Jack Hewitt. I'm jealous. July eighth. Uh, I share a birthday with James Dennis Allen Hamlin or whatever his middle name his two middle names are. <laughs> You're talking about Denny Hamlin, correct? Yeah, yeah, we share the share a birthday. <laughs> James Dennis Allen Hamlin, <laughs> old Dennis. Uh, nice, yeah. So Jack Hewitt's uh, birthday is July 11th. Uh, man, Jack Hewitt's great. Hopefully, I see him this weekend at Kings Royal. That'd be that'd be a good time. Uh, so yeah, Chase Elliott's racing with the USAC National Midgets at Solomon Valley and Red Dirt Raceway for the next two nights. So this is being posted on July 13th. It is tonight, July 13th, and Wednesday, July 14th, you can see Chase Elliott race on flowracing.com with the USAC National Midget Series, along with Buddy Kofoid and, uh, you know, the other boys that are doing it, Dazen Persley and those guys, um, Kevin Thomas Jr. with Petrie. That's going to be a pretty good field. Did you ever go to Solomon Valley? I did. Um, Beloit, Kansas is definitely in the middle of effing nowhere. Yeah, it is. I was, uh, I was there. I was, uh, that was BC's last win the last time I was there. So, um, but I was, I've been there and it is hotter than the hinges on the gates of hell every time you go to that place. So I'm sure today will be no different. It's actually the return of the Chad McDaniel Memorial. I know that's a a lot of uh, special for those around there in Kansas, um, growing up in that area. I think in 2013, Christopher Bell won that race when I was there. So um, it's a cool race. Check it out tonight on Flow. It's going to be a good time. Thanks to Spencer's Basin for coming on the show today. Uh, thanks to our presenting sponsor, Quick Pits. Uh, let me find the read here. Quick Pits. QuickPits.com is your one-stop shop for over 350,000 national parts and accessories from the brands you demand. Truck, Jeep, Auto, and ATV with fast, free shipping to your door. Use promo code FLOWSPORTS. That's Promo code Flow Sports at checkout for additional savings. Um, again, promo code Flow Sports at QuickPits.com if you want to uh, show the people that support us uh, some love. All right, thanks to Sun Dollar Restoration for coming on board for the Hat Shake this year. Also, QuickPits.com. D Welch, where are you going this week? Where are you heading? Are you getting back in the micro anytime yeah. soon or no? Apparently, the micro is being sold. <laughs> Uh, I found this out yesterday when I texted my crew chief if we were racing on Wednesday, and he said, uh, I think it's being sold. So I need to talk to my car owner because I am I might be out of a ride. It's like Chip Ganassi racing over here, just pulling rides right out from under people's feet. 
is he selling the micro to pay for Chase Elliott running the the midget out here with him him and Paul May's midget? Is that is that the case? I don't I don't think he has anything to do with this. I think that's Paul May's car, but no, I I don't know. I, I honestly haven't talked to Chase, so I, I don't even know. But um yeah, I don't know. So I don't know when the next time I'm gonna run it is. C Bell, but I'm going to loud. I'm going going to Loudon this week. Yeah, Christopher. If I'm gonna have to text Christopher and tell him to put me in the old 21. (laughs) D. Welch got fired by Briscoe. He had some tremendous runs too. Like, what the heck is that? He's been rolling good. KKM Classic. I mean, you what? What 12th or 4th? No, you. But you too. Yeah, I mean, we're we've been decent every time we've been in that thing, but. You know, he's got he's got people he's got to please and make happy. So it's car owners. Car owner makes tough decisions sometimes. <laughs> oh, our buddy Chase Briscoe. Um, we'll see him at the Chili Bowl this year. Uh, I was hoping to see D-Watch the Tulsa shootout, but I guess that's not going to happen uh, unless Christopher. Come on. We need we need D-Watch to ride for the Tulsa shootout. I don't want to run the shootout. That's too long. <laughs> what? <laughs> You don't want to run the shootout? Nah, you don't want to. That place, that's a long week, my friend. Did he just disconnect himself? Anyways, that was Loud Pedal Podcast for episode 43. You see D. Welsh is frozen. We'll see you next week on episode 44 of the Loud Pedal Podcast.